This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com. So today is part number four of a September lesson that we've been studying called The Cheerful Giver. And today I will complete this series and I have been blown away with the response of the series. Part number one, week one, we talked about the issue of the heart. It was a heart matter. Giving, generosity, it's not really about checkbook, wallet, money. It's about heart, 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 heart. And week number two was by far my, my most favorite thus far because of the creativity that we scratched. And we talked about uh, God's intentional giving plan. And we talked about uh, the global fund with service fund. We talked about the treasury fund, God's idea of a mutual fund. And if, you, if, that, if that's confusing you right now, you were not here. Uh, so you need to go online to calvaryftw.com or download our app, Calvary FTW. Go back and listen to it. I promise you it will make sense to you and you'll be blessed for listening to it. And then last Sunday we talked about the marks of a believer. And there's something that happened at the end of the service, uh, the 11 o'clock service last Sunday that I thought was just so cool. Every now and then someone will say something to a pastor that just blesses the fire out of a pastor to let him know that there are new people that are new to the Word of God that are learning some things. Oftentimes, I spend my life, and I'll do my best preaching and speaking, and I think, man, that just, it just fell flat. But last Sunday, I had a person come up to me, and they waited a few minutes, and I was able to shake their hand, and the individual said, uh, what you talked about today and that person called a Samaritan, I think I've put it together. I think that's what I've always heard about, something called the Good Samaritan. And I thought, how refreshing. Someone not sure if the story out of the scripture that had to do with the priest walking by, the Levite walking by, but the Samaritan stopping, someone actually thought, isn't that the story of the Good Samaritan? How awesome is that? I love doing life, spending time with you that are just new to the things of God and new to the word of the Lord. That's really what wakes me up every day. So uh, thank you so much for sharing just that little excitement and that, that high energy with me last Sunday. All right, so part number four, here we go. I'm going to give you this today. It's called a generosity plan. A generosity plan. We're going to have to have a plan when it comes to generosity. And I want to share with you from Scripture the perfect generosity plan. Now, if you're a guest today, I've met, I don't know, good night. I think I've met maybe four or five brand new families that are here today. I welcome you to Calvary Church and our church family welcomes you. And we just ask you to be yourself. You guys just be yourself, be at home. And uh, if this church is a good fit for you, we welcome you to Calvary Church. And if it's not quite what you're looking for, I promise you, we live in a city full of great churches. And we just bless you in Jesus' name. And uh, we just hope that you land somewhere where you can really feel a part of the family of God. Because that's what all of us need. And uh, we welcome you here today. So here we go, everybody. 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy 6, verse number 17. As we come to a conclusion... 
four straight weeks of the cheerful giver. And we wrap it up today with a generosity plan. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant. And don't put your hope in wealth. You can't put your hope in money, everybody. And this is why. Because it's uncertain. But you can put your hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds. And if you want to underline anything, this next statement will be where we teach from today. Command them to be generous. Everyone say generous. But here it is. And willing to share. Willing to share. When we, when we start this thing off called life, we start out being taught from an early, early age to plan. To always have a plan. This last week has brought tears to most of our eyes as we have watched the destruction of yet another hurricane make its way through the Virgin Islands. Cut right through the heart of Puerto Rico and left in its midst total destruction. Loss of lives, loss of, uh, loss of, of homes, loss of commercial property. Just total destruction. And then... Our hearts were all heavy this week as we turned on our television sets and we watched what happened in Mexico and the earthquake there and just the the death count continues to rise and the loss of buildings and homes and apartments and commercial property. And and where I'm going with this is is this. Here in Texas, we we our children in our in our school system, they may not have too much earthquake uh, training. But most of our kids start out at an early age learning uh, for tornado warnings. There's a plan almost in every school. There is in every school for what to do in in crises of any kind. We are taught from knee high up to always have a plan. Have an evacuation plan. uh, Have a a plan to get out of trouble. But it's not, not always a negative thing. Uh, we're, we're, we grow up, and next thing you know, we get a job, and our job tells us we get, you know, one week's vacation. So what do we do? We go to planning our vacation. We, we plan our vacation. So we, we get a family meeting scheduled, and we all talk about, let's go to Gulf Shores, or let's go to South Padre, or wherever it is you like to go, and you have a plan. Everybody say a plan. Uh, and, and it's not just there. It's not just crisis plan, vacation plan. But recently, a gentleman in our church that's a pilot, he took me on a, a private plane right out here at Spinks Airport. And I was a little bit nervous because this pilot, I was his youth pastor at one point, And when he was 12, he made me pray. If there was, any, a young, if there was ever a young person that made me pray it was this kid and now he's a grown man and he's a he's a pilot instructor and he said I want to take you flying and I thought that'd be awesome and then I thought it's you though it's you you're the pilot and things didn't things didn't go well when I showed up to the airport he was in flip-flops he was with a ball cap on backwards and he was like what's up and I'm like that's not pilot talk and you're supposed to have a pressed outfit on and wings and you're supposed to like salute or something. You're, you're not supposed to be in flip-flops holding a sun kiss. 
And I got nervous, man. I'm thinking, should I really leave the earth with him? But everything changed when he said, hey, I want to show you my flight plan. And I thought, oh, you got a plan. Okay, I can fly with somebody that's got a plan. So it's either crisis mode. You know, we have a plan to get out of a building when it's on fire. We plan vacations. We, we plan flights. We plan for retirement. Hopefully, you're planning for retirement. Everybody say a plan. Anything worth being involved in will be even better if you have a plan. And this whole month, we've talked about generosity. And we've talked about giving. We've talked about the elephant in the room. And that is the tithe, the offering. We've talked about all of that. And today, I want to close this series with, with wrapping it all up and giving you some homework. And uh, I've tried my best to tell you the, the, uh, what to do. And now we're going to close the series with how to do it. And I promise you, generosity will be easy to you if you have a plan. If you don't have a plan for generosity... You'll, you'll have a tendency to want to just kind of be selfish with everything God's given you. But if you'll have a plan, I honestly believe that it's going gonna, it's gonna to take that burden off of you. And you're going to find the freedom of generosity in your life. So, let me share with you the plan. It's found right in Scripture and it's real easy. I had you underline it in the text. The plan is to be generous and the plan is to be willing to share. Everyone say the word share. It's like a cuss word, isn't it? Share. Oh, gosh. Share. Hush your mouth. Oh. Share. Don't ever say that word again. Share. Here's why. Because when you were a baby, when you were just a little one, you were never taught, you were never taught how to be selfish. You just were selfish. You were having to be taught early how to share. Because sharing is not natural. Because good night, I worked for it, it's mine. And dear goodness, they gave it to me. It's mine. It's in my hands, it's in my pocket, it's in my closet, it's in my storage, it's in my account. That's in my drawers, that's in my room, that's my box. That's my file. It's mine. And we don't want to share. And But what do we do as parents? You share right now. You let her play with that. I don't know. You share. But it's not natural. And we spend all these early formative years with our kids trying to teach them to share. And some of us are in our 20s. Some of you are in your 20s. And some of us are a little older than that. And we're still struggling with this idea of sharing. And God knew, he knew before you were ever known that you would have a problem sharing. And he also understood that if you could ever get a hold of this sharing thing, that he could get a hold of you. If you'll let that settle in in your heart. He knew if you could get a hold of generosity... He knew that if he could get a hold, if, that if you could get a hold of sharing, he could get a hold of you. But as long as you're determined to, that that's my ball and that's my doll and that's mine and that's mine and that's mine, God's not able to give you what's his. 
And if you want him to provide a miracle in your life, you're going to have to partner with him. You're going to have to come in and play ball with him. You're going to have to share what's yours where he can share all of what's his. It's called teamwork, partnership. It's called a win-win. And, and the Bible, our text that we've read all week says, you got to tell him. Tell him, Pastor Tommy. Tell Calvary Church on, on the last Sunday of September, be generous and be willing to share. So let me give it to you real quick today. Here's what we're going to share. If you'll share these three things, I promise you, majority of any need that you'll ever see in this world can be met by these three things. Here it goes, everyone. Share your resources. I will, here's my plan, I will share my, my resources. Now, in the Old Testament, matter of fact, I want you to hear yourself say this. Say, say these two words. Say, the law. In the law, or the Old Covenant, under the law, there was something called the tithe. It was the first 10% of any increase. So any increase one may have from a harvest of, of, of grain, from a harvest of, of any type of produce, or maybe it's an increase by paycheck and income, the law stated, and, and I want you to get this visual, the law stated, it's important that you hear my tone. It's important that you see my, my physical approach. The law said you must give the first tenth of your increase called the tithe. Well, when Jesus came, he did not come to abolish the law. He came to fulfill it. He came to, he came to package what was meant to be good and healthy, but he came to package it in a way that was more palatable that was more doable because a lot of the things in the law were so difficult that it was impossible. But Jesus said, I'm going to take all those things that are impossible and I'm going to present it to you in a way that makes it doable. So the old covenant said the tithe was out of obedience to the law. And Jesus came along and said the tithe is actually a principle that you need to plan to live by. 1 Corinthians 16, 1 Corinthians 16 and verse number 2 says it this way. On the first day of every week, okay, this is, this is, there's a few key things that you've got to hear. The first, okay, the first day of the week. Now, in our Western Christian culture, that's Sunday or the Sabbath. The first day of the week, each one of you should set aside. In other words, we're going to plan. We're going to be intentional there's going to be an act of intentionality here. We're going to be specific and we're going to look at what we have on the first day of the week. Whatever that is, we're going to look at it. And we're going to set aside a sum of money. Interesting, huh? Sum of money. A sum of money in keeping with his income. That's, that's percentage based. Each one of you set aside a sum of money in keeping with his income. Here's why that's big. In the Old Testament and the New Testament, God was never concerned about an equal sum of money. He was concerned about equal sacrifice. Equal sacrifice. So it's not equal amount given. It's equal amount of sacrifice shared. 
That way, everybody in the family of God, the family of God in Russia, the family of God in in Chile, the family of God in Texas, the family of God, we're all going to be doing our part as a family. It's called the tithe, but it's not so much a or else. It's a you are able and, and, and willing to have this opportunity given to you to live by the principle of tithing. Set aside a portion, a sum, a percentage. Set aside, plan it. And that way, everybody's given equal amount of sacrifice. That way, and we'll just kind of randomly throw these, these thoughts out there. That way, a, 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 a single mom is giving the same sacrifice as the CEO of, of a large Fortune uh, 250 company. Because what the enemy would like you to say is, you're just a single mom, you're not making a difference And what we do is we get caught up in what Americans get caught up in, and that's the amount of money and not the heart. And there's a lot of ministries that take Scripture and they use it to manipulate people over the American dollar. And I make you this commitment. This church will never manipulate you. It will never put you under pressure. It will never put you in a corner over money. God is our provider, and he uses people to meet needs I simply ask you to consider the New Testament principle of being a percentage giver where you purposely, strategically have a plan that you set aside the principle of the tithe and you choose to order your life after that. Now this is something that I really want to drive home for just a minute or two. I have a a real good idea in my heart that I might be spot on with this. Most families never sit down and discuss this because it's a touchy thing. But we'll discuss if we're going to Padre or if we're going to Gulf Shores. We'll discuss when our, when our doctor's appointment is. We'll discuss if, if, if we're going to put the kids in volleyball. We're going to discuss that. But when it comes to the tithe, most families never really sit down to discuss it. And I'm going to ask you to Sit down, discuss this, and let it be a principle that you and your family make a choice. Not pressure, but make a choice. We're going we're to live by this principle. I know it's not heaven or hell, but it is the door that opens up the favor of God. The giving of the tithe. Now let me go a little further. Here's another way you can share your resource. Uh, we've been handing out these, these uh, acts of kindness cards this is a way that you can keep an extra dollar in your pocket, keep an extra $5, keep an extra 10 no matter the amount. Keep a portion of what you feel you can do. Keep it in your pocket and look for ways to share it with others. Now, I know that I have a tendency to tell a lot of stories about me, my family, and what we do. You got to understand, it's, it's because I'm the guy talking, so it's naturally going to happen that way. Well, my girls wanted donuts, and for all of you that are anti-donut, repent in Jesus' name. <laughs> donuts will be served at, at the, at the, at the uh, wedding in heaven. You and I will all consume donut holes, and they will be warmed up in heaven's microwave. So for all of you goody-goodies, oh, we would never get over it, eat a donut, it would bless you. So... Yesterday, we had three volleyball games. We had three volleyball games to go to yesterday. 
and Denora, somebody's got to be healthy in the family. She says, I'm going to be late to volleyball because I'm going to go work out. And I said, great, sounds like a donut kind of day to me. You work out, we eat donuts. When she's not working out on Saturdays, we've got to eat you know, something wheat. So, I load the kids up. We hit the donut shop. And right there in line, I'm, I've got one person in front of me that just cannot make up his mind. Have you ever been, you know what I'm talking about. Um, uh, dude, they're donuts. Anything's good. Pick one. But I've got, a, I've got a Fort Worth policeman at the register. So, meanwhile, Yahoo can't make up his mind, donut hole, you know, bear claw, whatever. I'm like, hey, ma'am, 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 put, put. That's so funny. I just said ma'am, ma'am. <laughs> Two or three people are like, I'm in a story. So I tell the lady at the register, I said, ma'am, ma'am, put that officers on my bill. And it was so funny. The cop turned around and said, no, 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 man, these aren't for me. These are for my kids. And I said, even better, put the officer's kids' donuts on my bill. And he said, man, I'm good. I've got money. I said, I know you've got money, man, but you're a cop. I want to do something. Let me, let me do something for you, man. Let me buy your kids' donuts. And the dude said, okay, but I've got to get chocolate milk. <laughs> and I'm like, it's fine. Get your chocolate milk. We got plenty of time because, you know, Yahoo's on the eclairs now. Do I want blown you? Everybody listen to me. Keep an extra dollar in your pocket. You know what that bill cost? It was $4.30-something. And the thing is this, I'll never see the cop again. But something, something happens when you just do something good for other people. I can tell you what happens. Psalms 112. Good will come to those who are generous and lend freely and handle their affairs with justice. So if you're looking for what does happen when you pick up the four bucks on the donut bill, good will come to me. Do I do it for that reason? Partly. Do I do it totally for that reason? No. Man was a servant to our community. I was moved to do something special for him. But I would be a fool to think that I, can't, that I can do something good for somebody and not something come to me. It's just biblical principle. I'm just working the plan. Everybody say work the plan. You need to set aside resources that you can be generous with. Because I can tell you right now, if you don't plan it, you'll never do it. Because you don't want to share. You're just like me. I'm just like you. We really don't want to share. But when we do, get ready. Something's good's going to happen to you. Second thing you need to learn how to share in is share your time. Some of you have no problem sharing resource. There's a lot of giving people you give financially. And thank God for you. But the person that absolutely loves to give financially is typically the person that can't handle giving much of the time. Because they feel like all of their time is allocated to earning more of the resources that they're willing to give of. Do you see the catch? They've got to give the 20 hours overtime in order to get the 20 uh, hours of time and a half income to where they can give. So they feel caught. And I can tell you the work of the enemy wants you to be so strapped with your time that you don't have time for your family. That you don't have time for your community. 
that you don't have time for the worship of the Lord. And I understand you, you, you justify that because you're giving financially. But I can tell you right now, there is a trap. You can think that your good works of giving financially is getting you closer to where you're trying to get. But you're having to spend all your time to get there. What you're doing is actually setting yourself back. God knew that you would have 24 hours in a day before you ever knew what a day was. And he also knew that you were going to have to be willing to share some of your time for what was most healthy. Can I tell somebody something? Newsflash, everybody. Sobering thought. We only get one chance at this thing called life. Don't work yourself through it without ever knowing what your kid's favorite donut is. It's Sunday. I've got donuts on the brain. It's what church people do. Everybody say time. Give of your time. Let me tell you where you can share some of your time. You plan everything already. You plan vacations. You plan flights. You plan this and that. It's time for some of you to step up to the plate and start planning some time, setting time aside in your calendar to be at the house of the Lord. If you're looking for an excellent way to tithe, it's tithing of your time at the first of the week to the house of the Lord. Now, I'm going to get a little personal. I'm going to step on a few toes, but you're going to love me for it. You're not going to hate me for it. Some of you are creating a monster in your home whenever church attendance is so hit and miss that kids never know if they're coming or going when it comes to Sunday. If you want to create a healthy environment in your home, schedules, plans, stability, consistency, that Sundays, this is what we do. I mean, my goodness, it's scaled down all the way to about an hour and 15, hour and 20 minutes anyway. I grew up in an environment, Jack, it was three hours Sunday morning. It was, it was choir at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. It was church all the way to 10 o'clock at night. And then, for some reason, everybody had to have a blizzard. Come on. Monday mornings were hail on church kids. Because we were up till 1 o'clock in the morning. No, I did not say that in first service. I would be dismissed. But you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about in this service. And if you feel like dismissing me, I'll see you at 9 next week. You'll never have to hear it again. But you know what church mornings were like on Monday mornings for church folk. Just give me a Baptist nod. Give me a Methodist. <clears throat> give me something. Because you know I'm telling the truth. We've got this thing scaled down to a buck 20. And some of you only hitting about uh, once or six months. Come on. Plan it. You plan everything else. Plan time to be in the house of the Lord for worship. I can promise you this much. If you set it aside, if you plan it, your kids are going to be, they're, they're going to reap great benefits for it. Your marriage is going to reap great benefits for it. Why is that? Because faith cometh by hearing, hearing of the word of God. When you leave out of here today, you have been under the hearing of the word of God. And something today is going to be said that's going to elevate your faith to believe more, to trust more, to desire more of God. You cannot come into the presence of God and the people of God and leave worse than when you entered. It's impossible due to the word of God.
So schedule time. Tell you another way to plan your time. You need to start planning to serve. Plan to serve in your community. Plan to serve in your schools. Plan to serve in your places of employment. Plan to serve at the house of God. We have an incredible opportunity for every single one of you to serve here. Not to just be a partaker, but to, be a, to, to serve. Thirdly, while we move quickly here. Hands down the most critical. I told you I was going to give you three things. Here it is. You need to plan. This is generosity plan 101. We're going to plan to share a resource. We're going to plan to share our time. And we're going to plan to share Jesus Christ. Every single one of you in this room should be planning to share Jesus with someone. Okay, I plan that. Okay, well, who is it that you're going to share him with? Well, I was just going to, you know, just you, when it's right, it's right. No, 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 no. Plan it. Go to prayer. Ask Holy Spirit to put that person into your heart with a burden for them. That coworker, that cousin, your family member, your neighbor. Someone that has not given their heart to Jesus Christ. You need to plan that that's your person. You need to get a bullseye, I mean a target rather, and you need to put their, their soul as the bullseye. Well, I can't save them. Save them? No. No, 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 no. I'm not asking you to save them. We'd all be in trouble. I'm asking you to play the vital role at introducing that individual to Jesus. Plan it. I can really plan that? Oh, boy, do you plan it. I plan it all the time. All I need is a good handshake, and once I get that name, you're in my radar. And now every time I'm looking for you at every restaurant, I'm looking for you at every store, I'm looking for you. Now, don't be weird. Don't cross the line, stalker people. You don't have to walk around your street with a Bible. I'm coming for you. No, no, no. If you do, you go to another church and tell them that's where you go. Because that's not what we do at Calvary. I'm talking about from a spiritual angle. Have them on your radar and ask Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, put me in the right place at the right time. Give me the right words. I ask you to speak for me and through me. And when the timing's right, I make myself available. I'm going to share you with someone else. You pray that prayer, I promise you this much. He'll partner with you in providing the miracle. Now let's talk about this quickly today. Once we've established a generosity plan, we've got a plan, right? What are we going to do? Everybody say share. What are we going to share? Resource, time, and Jesus. That's our plan. So now what we have to do is we have to come up under this umbrella of something called compassion. Now that we've got the plan, we've got to, get, we've got to go to work on us. We've got to become more compassionate to look for ways to share resource, time, and Jesus. And compassion is nothing more, nothing less than this. Being aware of a misfortune of someone else. And taking action to remove the misfortune. Having awareness and having action. There was a story in scripture, it's in your notes. Let me, let me skip reading it for you, but here, here's how it went. A leper, a man with physical sores all over his body, came to Jesus and he asked him this question, but he made a statement before. He said, I know, I know you can heal me, but are you willing to heal, heal me? If you're willing, will you heal me? 
And Jesus, the Bible says, was moved with compassion. What is compassion? He was aware of the need, and then he took action to meet the need. And he said, I am willing, go and be thou cleansed. Here's what the Bible says in the book of James for us, because none of us are Jesus, right? But we have Jesus' word, and the book of James says, don't just hear the word, but do something now that you've heard it. Have awareness and take action. You're aware of a need, now take action to meet the need. Remember our generosity plan. We're going to share resource, we're going to share time, and we're going to share Jesus. You'll never be aware of anyone's need that cannot be met by taking the action of sharing money, time, and Jesus. And some of you really want to sit and think and try to prove that wrong. Well, I don't know about that. I think I think. No. You can't be aware of any need that cannot be met by either a money problem, a time which involves wisdom and counsel, and at the end of the day, the trump card, Jesus Christ. Most every need that you'll ever come in awareness about is somebody's deficiency in finance, deficiency in understanding, wisdom, and knowledge that comes through time spent with people or through the mighty power of Jesus. And if you'll put a generosity plan for you and your family in place, we will share our finance, we will share our time, and we will share our Lord and Savior with the world that needs Him. You then can become compassionate, becoming aware of what's going on in your friends' and family's lives, and then taking action and helping meet the need. There are needs that I come to that they don't really need a Bible study about Jesus. They just need some money. There are needs that I come into awareness of that they don't really need uh, money. They just need some time. And if you're willing to put a plan together to share the three things that I'm talking about, you'll be a man and a woman that will always have friends because you'll always meet needs of others. I close with this today. If your compassion's going to grow, if you're going to develop in this world of compassion, and if you're going to work the plan of generosity, then you're going to have to start thinking and seeing and believing through the lens of eternity, not through just this present day and present world. You're going to have to stop trying to lay up treasures for yourself on earth where moth and rust corrupt and where thieves break in and steal. And you're going to have to start having an eternal perception, thinking long term what matters most for eternity. Not just, not just you know, stashing more cash. Not just buying more property, not just developing your own kingdom, but thinking big picture, what am I doing that will leave an impact for eternity? Second thing you're going to have to do, this is huge, you're going to have to truly understand this principle. Generosity leads, the heart will follow. The Bible way of saying that is this, for wherever your treasure is, your heart will be there also. We get it. We, we want to think that it's backwards, right? We want to think, well, wherever my heart is, that's where I'll put my money. No, wherever you put your money, that's where your heart is. You buy a certain stock, 
you'll be checking on that stock every day. My question is, if you really want your heart to be after the things of God, the kingdom of God, the household of God, then wouldn't you think that you would have to have the principle of generosity first, heart will follow. And I close with this. The final statement of this series, you'll never have a generosity plan that really works. You'll never be moved with compassion until you experience the love of God for yourself. When you come unto the understanding of what God did for you through Jesus Christ on the cross, when you can catch a glimpse that it was you that he died for, when you see that, generosity will never be an issue for you. But until you understand that Jesus Christ gave it all for you, you'll always want to hold a little back for yourself. Matter of fact, our generosity, the way we handle our affairs, the way we handle this thing called income, it really is a reflection of what we believe is the generosity of God. I close this series in a very unique way. I'm fitting to make an appeal for everyone in this room that has yet to give your heart to Jesus Christ, I'm going to lead you there today. Starting next Sunday, we're going to enter into a very fun, but yet also intriguing discussion of what times are we living in. One way you can share Jesus is you bring someone with you to that series. And I'll make you this promise that Holy Spirit and I will be ready. All I need you to do is bring someone with you. But that's next month. What about today? There are those here today that you need to give your heart to Jesus Christ. Generosity is never going to make sense. Until you understand how generous he is to save you. So right where you're seated, if you'll just simply bow your head and close your eyes. If you find yourself in this service today, the last Sunday of September, and you've walked away from the Lord, or possibly you've never given your heart to him in the first place. Maybe, maybe you've got grandmothers that have told you about Jesus. And maybe you've got that co-worker that's mentioned that he's a Christian. But for you, you've just never gone that far to believe in him for your own salvation. Today, I give you this gift I gift you with the opportunity to get to know him as your Lord and Savior. So right now, without any more talking, discussing, if you want to give your heart to Jesus, if you want to repent of your sins and you want to come back to Jesus, if you know that the times that we're in are short and it's time now to give your heart to God, lift your hand quickly. 
Lift it up real high. I want to see you. I want to pray over you. I love this right here, all the way in the back. Come on, lift it up tall. Be proud of what, yeah. I see you right there on the very back. I see you right here in this section. Wow, that's a beautiful mother and daughter right here in this section. I see you, sir. I see you. For those that have your hands lifted up, I ask you to just join me in prayer, okay? Join me right now in prayer. And this prayer opens up the door for you. Now you can go to the Lord in your own way and pray this prayer of faith. Dear Lord Jesus, I don't understand it all. I just know that my heart's beating out of my chest. And I also know, God, that it's like you're tapping me on the shoulder. It's almost like it's just me and you in the room. And I know that means this is real. And dear Lord, I ask you to forgive me of my sin. I ask you to come into my heart. And while I know, God, there's things that you're going to probably start asking of me, I just, I just know that there's nothing you're asking of me any more important than the first original introduction. So here I go. Receive me and forgive me of my sin. And I ask you to come into my heart to live and to stay. And I've got all my faith in this. I'm not going to choose to believe in any other way. I'm, I'm fully believing that you're saving me right now. And I receive you today as you receive me. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's clap our hands to the Lord. Now, I'm going to have you stand, but you got to promise me that you're not going to walk out because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave you with something special today. So everybody stand. And I'm so glad that my pastor, my pastor, Ron Lyles, is in town. And when I found out that he was going to be in this service with me, I was selfish. And I told him about this series that we've been in. He... he he, he was familiar with the topic that we've been teaching and he had heard about what I've been preaching about. But knowing that he was here, I said, I asked him, I said, would you do me the favor of ending this series as my pastor and as, an over, as our overseer of our church, would you, just, would you just pray a blessing over families that are ready to enter into this cheerful giving type of life? And he was quick to say absolutely. So, Bishop Ron, would you come and stand with me today? Just come up here. And for everybody in the room, I'm going to ask you to do something, okay? I believe that posture, I believe posture is everything. If you're trying to speak to somebody and they're just kind of checked out like this, I believe that kind of sends a message, right? But when somebody's open to receive... I believe it changes everything. I know it's maybe silly, but I believe in it. So I'm going to ask you, if, if, if you've been here, maybe it's just this Sunday, but if you're ready, just kind of receive the blessings of God, and you're willing, you're willing to partner with Him and be generous. I'm going to ask you to make yourselves ready for this blessing from my pastor, okay? So everybody just kind of take that posture, and here we go, everybody. Bishop Ron, just kind of, Pray a blessing over us in Jesus' name. Father, we have heard the infallible, 
ever-living, never-changing word of faith. And Lord, as a congregation now on this Lord's Day, we make ourselves available to you. For Lord, every one of us in this room this day, Lord, in some measure, in some some terminology, our, our eyes have been opened this month to see and to understand that your way really does work. Oh God, allow Calvary Church and the families, Lord, that are represented here. Let us, oh God, be so willing, Lord, to simply lay ourselves on the altar, Lord, of generosity and openness in a world, Lord, that is constantly bombarding us, oh God, with negativity and separation and segregation and, and, and pain and division. Lord, we as children of light now open our hearts and say, God, we will open ourselves to be generous salt and light to a world that so desperately needs hope. I ask, oh God, that every man, woman, boy, and girl, under the sound of my voice, Lord, would just cheerfully open themselves to the blessed life. And Lord, the pulpit of this congregation will never apologize for leading people into the blessings of heaven. We honor you this day and we go forth with the confident confidence that you're in all and through all and Lord for us all. In Jesus' name we pray and could I hear a great big amen. Let's give God some praise today. Let's give him some praise. Has anybody in the house ever been blessed? Would you just wave your hand at me if you've ever received God's blessing on your life. Let me ask this. Is anybody here today that has more in your life now than when you came to the Lord? Can oh, I just yes. see your hand? One, two, three, four, five, six, ten, eleven. I will tell you that if you will respond to what our pastor has taught this month, I will, I will make you this promise. God will turn your life around. You cannot keep God's blessings off of your life when you design God's plan to be at the apex and the guiding force of your life and living. Your ticket to dismissal today from this house is to turn to somebody and give them a high five. I don't know whether you can, I don't know whether you can chest bump anybody or give a hip bump, but just go ahead and high five somebody. As for you, you're going to walk with God. God bless all of you. You're dismissed today. Have a wonderful week.